How's it going? This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show tonight. Former Eagles beat writer for the Inquirer slash Daily News, Les Bowen, will join us uh, as we discuss the birds before Andy Reid's return uh, after the debacle in Dallas. One of the worst game calls that any of us have seen around here in a long time. And three running back runs called for an entire game, which is incredible. So we'll talk to less about that. Mike and I, I'm sure we'll discuss uh, the Phillies, which could, by the time this evening is over and by the time you're listening to this, uh, could be a fait accompli. It is a fait accompli, but it will be officially over, perhaps, as they drop the first two games in Atlanta. The game, by the way, that's the killer is the Pittsburgh game on Sunday. It really is. That's the, you know, the difference between one and a half and two and a half going into Atlanta was enormous. And, uh, you know, and now it's time to start thinking big picture about where this franchise goes going forward. Uh, and Mike and I will get into that. Joel Embiid. Basically lobbed the grenade at Ben Simmons today. We'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, since it's our uh, football season and it's the end of the week, we will make our picks in college and pro football. So, jam-packed show. Let's not waste any time. Right away, let's get to Les Bowen, uh, formerly the Inquirer in the Daily News, now of retirement, which is, uh, which is a good thing to say. Here's Les talking to Eagles. Welcome back, my friends, And welcome back. Joining us, Mike is Michael. Uh, Mr. Kern has joined us, and uh, the newest member of the Daily News slash Inquirer Alumni Club. I know Kern always hates when I mention the Inquirer in there. Um, I don't hate when you mention the Inquirer. It's just that when people, you know what I mean. I know. It, it don't don't confuse it. I. It's, it's, yeah. uh, but for years, uh, one of the best people <clears throat> in the business in Philadelphia, one of the nicest guys. Covered the Eagles, covered the Flyers for a long time. Still doing the Eagles, uh, doing some work for the Associated Press, but uh, figured tonight was a good night to pick his brain on what he's seen through three weeks and with Andy Reid coming back uh, this weekend. It's our buddy Les Bowen. Les, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. We're uh, you know watching a baseball team fall into the ocean and uh, yeah. watching uh, the, the whole Simmons stuff, but the Eagles are always the center of attention, so... When you're hey, it's, it's one nothing Braves after one battle. Yes, I know. And once again, oh, once again, Mike, I point out live scoring updates during a podcast don't play I, real I, well. just, I understand. The first guy hit a home run. I, I un- Well, they might as well just break up the champagne. Nobody now. cares, Kevin. Exactly. Cares. All right. Might so, as well get with the rip the Band-Aid off and start the it's been ripped off last <laughs> it's sitting over there in, in the garbage can somewhere uh matt gelb from the athletic had an excellent it was piece awesome yep 
about the Phillies and their developmental uh, system and what they've done and how they've screwed it up. And, you know, I, I recommend that to any yeah. Phillies fan might wander into our podcast here. Yeah, and it, how dysfunctional the whole system was between the yeah. driveline stuff and everything. It, it was, and I was actually going to get with that with, with Mike a little later. Let me ask you about the dysfunctional Eagles uh, yeah. in a sense of – could you ever imagine? I mean, you Andy Reid didn't run the ball a ton. No. Doug Peterson. Neither did Doug. Doug Peterson didn't run the ball a ton. And we, we've all heard the stories about how Jeffrey doesn't Jeffrey loves passing the football. Yeah. But, but yeah. for but for a running back to touch the ball three times in a game, did you ever think you would see that? No. <laughs> uh, it, it's unprecedented. It's an Eagles record and maybe an NFL record for all we know. Uh I haven't seen any hard data on that, but uh, it was, uh, you know, I I cringe a little bit at this because it's kind of the old school debate. Uh, a lot of people here locally think running the football is a lot more important than it's actually been in the last 20 years of the NFL. The, the fact is, you if you have the right kind of passing game and the right people, you don't need to run the ball very well. You maybe need to get a yard when you when you have to get a yard, but the days when teams with great running backs were the teams that won the Super Bowl are long gone. That having been said, you can't have 50 out of 53 plays not involve the running backs. And I mean, not involved in 53 plays where you had no motion, pre-snap motion of any yeah. kind either. That's another factor that's in this. really weird. Now, that's another topic. But the, the thing with the running backs, okay, if you didn't have any decent running backs, it would be one thing. But Miles Sanders is an explosive weapon. He's one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL the past several years. He's a guy that can, can make a – big play, a, a chunk play, uh, running the ball or catching the ball. And if your offense is struggling, why would you ignore him? I, I, I don't understand that at all, and I think it bodes very ill for Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen and their ideas about offensive football. But the other point you mentioned, the Lurie uh, – the, the, uh, well, it's Jeff I, McLean. Yeah. It was Jeff's McLean story that mentioned how, right. you know, they mentioned the the, the incident in, at Lambeau where they won a game, and Jeff yeah. freaked out on Doug because Doug ran the ball more often than he passed it. Yeah, and the lack of motion right yeah. now, and that's what I find really weird because Lurie is someone who chases trends to a fault, I think, and. Clearly, motion is the, uh, you know, that's what all the cool kids are doing in the NFL. And to have a coach who really, he, he keeps saying things like, well, when we do motion, it's going to be for a reason. We're not going to do motion just for doing motion. Well, everybody who uses motion has a reason. I, I don't understand that. And if I could sit down with him and talk to him about it, that, was what, that would be what I would ask is, what the hell are you talking about? You know, everybody who uses motion has a reason. The reason is to find out what the defense is doing before you snap the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand it. I, 
And I can't imagine Lurie is real comfortable with that, given his penchant for, you know, chasing every trend that comes along. Uh, this will be real interesting to see how this goes. I don't know if there's some reason here that we don't know that Jalen Hurts, you know, has problems incorporating that into his understanding of the play. Or his cadence, right. Somebody has mentioned uh, – that it makes things a little tougher for the offensive line because the defense starts to shift when you do motion and suddenly you think you know who's blocking who and then you've got to sort of, you know, <clears throat> reconfigure that on the fly. Uh, but there's no doubt that Sirianni is kind of in opposition to most of the real good offensive thinkers in the league right now on this subject. Michael, before before I let you jump in here, uh do you think what happened Monday, Monday night was the game got away from Sirianni that it maybe wasn't his impression, uh, his idea that I'm just going to keep pounding the football and everything that he got on. I don't understand where the Eagles thought they could keep up and outscore yeah. Dallas. I just don't. Yeah. That is an, when he, when he broached that subject, I was amazed because that's just nuts. To think you're going to go into AT&T, 93,000 people, Dak Prescott's first game since he got hurt last year at home, uh, put the, the Cowboys playing well, Prescott playing well, and you're going to just, you know, have a track meet with them. I With that, with that wide receiver in core. I mean, that, yeah. you can't match yeah. up with them. I, I just, no. I never got it. The, the way to play that game would have been to keep Dak Prescott off the field by right. having long scoring drives, not necessarily running the ball a ton if you didn't feel like you could do that for some reason. And I don't know why they couldn't. They certainly did. A few times they ran, they had enormous success. But if you don't want to run, throw short passes, do something, stay on the field, build long drives, keep Prescott on the sideline. That's how you beat a team on the road like that, not by trying to see if you could score 50 points while they score 49. That's absurd. That's just, ah, you know, I, I, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yeah. But, and Les, the, the thing that struck me about that, and I get it, it's the guy's third game. I, 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 I get all that. You're tell, what are you telling your defense? Your defense had given up 17 and six. So your defense yeah. has played pretty well in the first two games. Now, maybe that's an aberration. Who knows? You're basically saying to your defense, we think we got to go in there and outscore this team that we're thinking. That, that to me, is just, you know, the most negative way. to. And I understand. Maybe you go there saying, hey, we can't win by scoring 17. We're going to have to score 28 yeah. or 31 or whatever it is. And for him just to say, and I understand, when you fall behind, you got to throw the ball. I get that. But they came out after halftime. They got the opening kickoff. It was twenty to seven. Yeah. And I, I just, what if you're a defensive player on the Eagles and you hear your coach say that, what goes through your mind? Yeah, that's a real good point, Mike. Uh, and I was shocked at the way the defense played. I, the first two games were very encouraging. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, is a very articulate, very intelligent guy. And you kind of think, well, you know, things are things are looking looking up here. They're they're a lot better than they used to be. They're a little better at linebacker. They're certainly better at corner than they were. You know, maybe this is going to be – and then it just – oh, my God. That, 
you know, Brandon Graham going down, I think, was a huge thing mm-hmm. for this defense. Not so much in stats, but in who he is. He's sure. the guy that stops the bleeding, that gets the big third down stop. You know, Super Bowl 52 was basically the a, a crystallization of who Brandon Graham is. If you remember, the Eagles didn't get good grip pressure. They didn't have a lot of sacks. They didn't have any sacks, I don't think. But with a minute something left, you know, Brandon Graham gets in there and knocks the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Mm-hmm. Eagles win the Super Bowl. That's who Brandon Graham is. And they didn't have that guy, you know, Monday night. They sure didn't have it. They didn't. Ha- in fact, Brandon as much as he's a decent pass rusher is really good at setting the edge against the run and, and collapsing fades, down too. Fades. It was unbelievable. I could have gone out there and played the edge as well as those guys did. It was just ridiculous. Uh, they've got Ryan Kerrigan, who was one of the best players against the Eagles I've seen in the last decade when he was with Washington. He was a guy that you always watch. Yep. When you were, you know, when when those matchups occurred, he was out there Monday night. What the hell he was doing? I have no idea. I, you know, he's either totally done or he's not ready. He's not in shape yet or something. I don't know. But they're in a lot of trouble uh, from the pass rush perspective. Uh, you can double up the defensive tackles and nothing else happens out there. The linebackers spent the whole night in no man's land. They didn't really cover very well, and they didn't get into the run gaps. They just sort of stood there and their linebackers stink. Over their heads or by them, you know. They stink. They've stunk for yeah. years. They have no linebackers. Yeah. Well, they don't. I, I think Singletary's better than they've been. Well, Kevin, Kevin, okay, but let's face it. But there's not the a priority. Linebackers are not very good, and they haven't been very good for a while. Right. This is not oh, like a yes. revelation that, they, you know, well, most teams devoted no resources to that at all. No. And I mean, the I linebackers can, make plays. There's a point to be do. made. Of, there's a point to be made about not drafting a linebacker in the first round and yada, yada. Yes. You know, you don't really do that, but you have to draft them at some point. You can't yeah. just like their best linebacker, Alex Singleton, is a, is a guy that was drafted uh, several years ago. Uh, he was either a drafter or he was an undrafted free agent with Seattle. And he's been cut a bunch of times and he went to Canada and played a couple years. Mm-hmm. And he's a great guy. I mean, he's an amazing person. He, he, great success story. He's overachieved. But on a good team, he's a fourth or fifth linebacker. And he's their best linebacker, you know. And uh, it just doesn't, year after year, it doesn't get any better. They don't draft a guy in the second round who can play or anything like that. They had at one point they had guys like Michael Kendricks and Jordan Hicks who were fairly high draft picks. Yeah. They were good players. Mm-hmm. They had their problems here and there. You know, Hicks was always hurt, it seemed like. Of course, he's now played a couple years in Arizona without getting hurt. But you know That's um, a whole that's a whole different story with their yeah. tra- training staff. I mean they're down three offensive linemen again. And that's just ridiculous. I mean when I looked at this season whole thing was they're not going to be terrible probably if the offensive line and the defensive line are reasonably healthy they'll be like a seven eight win team well they're already missing three offensive linemen and their best defensive linemen at least the guy that's the heart and soul i guess fletcher cox is technically the best but the defensive leader that's unbelievable 
And it's not so much. It used to be the Jason Peters getting hurt all the time. He's gone. Yeah. You know, now it's guys like Suamalo who's still young, you know, out for the season. I, I don't understand that at all. It's we're right back where we were last year with, you know, maybe this guy can step in or, you know, when this guy comes back, maybe they'll move him over there. Different combination every week. Uh, that's just not how you win. And the two guys who are healthy, one is a center that's been around 12 years and who you keep waiting for him to retire. And the other is Lane Johnson, who has had multiple injuries himself and yeah. is not exactly he's not a spring chicken either anymore. So this is right. a problem. I mean, this is a major problem. And, and, and let me let me go back with one question on the defense before uh, before we get over to Jalen Hurts because obviously the Hurts rumors and and the Deshaun Watson rumors are starting again. But let me get back on the defense. They signed Josh Sweat a couple weeks ago to a big extension. Okay, and they obviously have said that they're not. They haven't said it, but their actions say they're not re-signing Derek Barnett. If Derek Barnett was not a first-round draft pick, would he be gone already? Probably so. Uh, He has played well at times. 17, he was great at times. Yeah. Even 18, 19, he he hasn't been bad. He's been the kind of guy that if they drafted him in the third or fourth round, you'd think he was really a good value. But two things, he gets hurt a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other thing is he takes stupid penalties all the time. And that's really the worst part of it right there is, you know, that was amazing Monday night when the camera caught Nick Sirianni in the headset saying, it's always. It's always. <laughs> and that's true, yeah. you know, and I, I, we don't get to the way they they're still doing this. There's no locker room. So you can't, they're not going to make Derek Barnett available to reporters mm-hmm. and you can't go in the locker room and ask him, but, and he was almost never there back in the days when we did have locker room access. He's been a very prickly guy with the media. But you have to ask him if you ever get a chance, you know, what? what is this? It's, he's very – I guess he thinks he's aggressive and, and kind of a chippy, you know, player. But you're hurting the team constantly – you aren't good enough to, to take this many penalties. You have more penalties than sacks in your career. Uh, it's unbelievable to me. And that was a huge penalty Monday night. It went from mm-hmm. third and eight to third and three at a time when the Eagles desperately needed a stop. And it, it just jumped offside. I mean, it was by like several feet. They even blew the whistle. You know, because he had, he was in the backfield. Yeah, and the play and the play the week before against the 49ers, where he pushed yeah. the guy for no reason at all. Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. like and then, I'm and, gonna push you. And then there's games where it, like there was points on Monday night where it looked like he didn't even know whether he belonged on the field or not. Yeah, you know, that right. they had to they had to do quick changes and they're off balance and, and that's where some of the Dallas's biggest runs came. It's when Derek Barnett's running on the field with five seconds left before the snap. So Mike, I'm sorry, go you ahead. Know, Draft, they get enamored of these traits. J.J. Mm-hmm. Ortega-Whiteside, it was catch radius, which hasn't turned out to be very important because he can't get open. What's, what's uh, Metcalf's catch radius? Yeah, I Jefferson's catch radius? But, I don't know. But with Barnett, it was he had this incredible bend 
he could go around a tackle at like a 45 degree angle, you know, cause his ankles were just so, you know, incredibly bendy. Well, that's the kind of incredibly thing that bendy. <laughs> it hurt a couple times. It's nice to see they're using geometry. You yeah. don't have that anymore. You yeah. know, you don't hear anybody talk about that with him anymore because it's gone. He's had a bunch of leg injuries. Mm-hmm. It's not there. And it was a stupid thing to get fixated on in the first place. You know, I mean, it wasn't something that was really going to, you know, they talked about him breaking Reggie White's sack records at Tennessee. Well, okay, but what were his measurables? What, who is he really? You know, I mean, he's not Reggie White. He doesn't have that kind of size or strength. Uh, I, I just, nah, he was not a good, for where they picked him, that was not a good pick. And that's really the story of the Eagles' demise over the last several years. First, second round draft picks who weren't first or second round draft picks. Mike? Okay, so speaking of guys who maybe they shouldn't have picked where they picked them, you got the quarterback who yeah. I believe, and look, I've told Kevin, I mean, we've had this, I don't think he's the the Eagles' future quarterback. I, I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's a great – I loved him in college. I don't think he's a top-10 quarterback in this league, but that's me. I think the Eagles are, are are already thinking, at least in Howie's mind or who's ever mind, he ain't going to be the quarterback. What, what are your thoughts? And I know it's only three games and four last year, but can this guy prove me wrong and be a fairly high-level NFL quarterback? Boy, I don't know. I mean, my answer would have been more optimistic before Monday night, and I don't want to make one game, you know, an entire indictment of his ability, but you saw all the negatives there Monday night. Uh, Couldn't make the reads, couldn't stay in the pocket, couldn't make the throws. I mean, that first interception was just a bad underthrow, you know, on a long pass. The second interception, I happened to be watching the Manning uh, broadcast. Yeah. That time, Peyton Manning is saying, you know, even on a three-step drop timing route, you look, and if you see the corner ready to jump the route, you don't throw it, you know. And everybody, Whoa. everybody was talking about the receiver falling down there. It really had no effect. No, on no. What, no that was getting uh, picked either way. That boy, he was just terrible. I mean, he was. That was as bad as anything I've seen in recent years from a starting Eagles quarterback, and. I think he's capable of playing better than that, but whether he's really a, he's got a lot to prove, you know, in these, these next games, I kind of thought going into the season, the season would all would be about trying to find out if Jalen hurts is a franchise quarterback. And that would be interesting if it, if he kept the debate going, you know, for weeks and weeks and months but if he looks like he looked Monday night, there's not by like two weeks from now, there's not going to be any more referendum on Jalen Hurts, you know, and, and the season is going to be a, a real mess. Uh, the, I think the coach has to do better by giving him more of game plans like he had in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he has to be, he, he pledged this week. I mean, he's a great guy character wise. You know, he's, he's amazing. Uh, he pledged this week to to do what he has to do, figure out what he has to figure out, and 
and be a good quarterback for this team. And I hope he can do that. But I, nobody, he, the, the Eagles actually drafted him a little high in, in the second round. Other teams had him third, fourth round. And quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks are pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. If you have a guy pegged for third, fourth round, sure, there have been great quarterbacks. Tom Brady, sixth round, obviously. Russell Wilson. But Prescott was a fourth rounder. Jack Prescott, yeah. That's not the the rule. I mean, I, for, for every one of those guys, there's a dozen guys drafted in the third or fourth round that are playing in Canada by year three. You know, it's – a lot of smart people looked at him in college and didn't find him to be a potential franchise quarterback, I guess is what I'm kind of trying yeah. to say. And he's going to have to – he has a lot of work to do to prove those people all wrong. And no matter what you think of Carson Wentz, and, and I, I, you know, look, I mean, Carson's a, acted like a baby here at the end and, and pouted and the way he – Yeah. The idea that – you drafted somebody in the second round who I don't think they were convinced could be a starting quarterback in this league kind of shows the arrogance of the organization at that point, doesn't it? Quarterback factory. That was the year. Yes, it was. You know, what they wanted was they knew they had a salary cap mess coming up. Mm -hmm. They thought instead of, you know, with Foles, we had a really expensive backup quarterback. It's good cheap. Well, we draft a quarterback that we think is pretty decent. You know, we get four years at a really low salary comparatively. And, you know, Wentz gets hurt a lot. So if this guy needs to step in, he's a decent young quarterback. He can, you know, make things happen with his legs. We've really got it knocked here. We've really figured it out. You know, we're going to, we're going to go forward with this. And then, you know, Wentz, didn't react well to having this guy behind him. Uh, and that's on Wentz. That's not on the oh, Eagles necessarily. Yeah. If you could give, if you could put together Hertz's personality and character with Wentz's ability, you'd have a great quarterback. The factory should work on that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it didn't work. They kind of knew. I mean, when they didn't, you know, go strongly forward with Hertz in the off season. That was a real sign that they kind of knew that they didn't have that guy. Yeah. You know, and that they don't have a way to get that guy right now. So they're going to give Hertz a chance to be that guy. But it's like they kind of know that he's not. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the way it looks to me. <laughs> Obviously, we'll never know the answer to this. But if the Eagles had not drafted Hurts, okay, mm-hmm. and they're just going out and got, gotten a backup, who, whoever that would have been, some guy. If they had drafted a good player in the second round. Well, that, that too. But do you think if Wentz maybe didn't feel threatened, real or otherwise, whether whatever, do you think he would have went downhill as bad as he did last year? I don't know. That's a very good question. I think the whole deal of Hallie Roseman drafting a quarterback instead of somebody that could help out Carson Wentz right. was part of his disenchantment. Okay. Remember the way things went last winter when they fired Doug Peterson, they were clearly under the impression that they were going to patch things up with Wentz and give it another shot. 
Mm-hmm. And Wentz was the one who said, no, nah, I don't want another shot here. No, <laughs> get me out of here. You know, would he have felt that way if they had not drafted Jalen Hurts, if they had drafted a really good receiver in the second round or a, a really good linebacker that would have kept them from going 4-11-1 last year? That's a real good question. I don't know the answer. And we never will know the answer. So no. that's, yeah. L- less obviously, you know, Andy and the Chiefs come in this weekend and one and two, and their defense is struggling, but they're still a team that I think most people would ex- not be surprised if they end up in the Super Bowl out of the AFC. The Super Bowl runner-up hangover, Kevin. Yes, I it is. You. I know. Yeah. Then then the Eagles get the Panthers in Carolina. Then you get perhaps Tom. Coming off, perhaps coming off their first loss. Yeah. Then you yeah. get Tom Brady. Then you go to Who Vegas. Always loves to beat the then Eagles. The Ra- yeah, then yeah, the Raiders. It, this could get ugly before Halloween real quick. This schedule didn't look like a killer schedule initially, but the way it's played out, I mean, they, they've got Denver, which is now 3 and They get you know, LA here. You, you can look at it. Where are the Giants? You know, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, it's other than the divisional games. Uh, they don't have a lot of breaks in here. You know, it's a tough schedule and – they can be one and whatever very, very quickly. They're, I'm not going to pick them to win this week against the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs have looked vulnerable. They're one and two like the Eagles, but good Lord. I mean, that they're so much better than the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes is coming here. Ray, Ray, Dittinger, Ray Dittinger on uh, Angelo picked the Eagles. Well, maybe so. I mean, I, I'm not going to pick the Eagles, but uh, if the Chiefs are going to explode here. Their defense doesn't look good. Maybe they're going to, you know, really, you know, maybe they're done. I don't know. I don't think they are. I don't think so. Eagles under any circumstances uh, this week. Uh, You know, I feel more strongly about that than I do any of the other games after that. I mean, that's – this is one you had as an L before you do it about either game. And and honestly, Les, the only game between here and Thanksgiving they may be favored in is at Detroit. And if you're the yeah. Detroit Lions, you're looking at that going, you know, that's the Eagles coming up, and we have a shot. Right. And Detroit Detroit loses, but they play teams tough. Yeah. Like, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's just, they don't have a team that Atlanta was their gimme, and they don't have another one coming up anytime soon. They really don't. And they've got to get things together and look a lot better and stop getting guys hurt and, you know, really, you know, change a lot of things uh, quickly. Final question. This is more of well, a final question on the Eagles, and then I have one for you personally. Uh, and this is trivial. I admit it. The Sirianni stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the press conference last year when he got introduced didn't go well. And he, so, he acts so hyper and patronizing, I think, at times. The whole T-shirt. Patronizing. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Pandering. How's that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Pandering, I think, is the better term. Um, The T-shirt bit, all this. This just, to me, from the outside, and you're still there, I'm not. This looks like a guy a little bit over his head right now. Is that fair? That's That's the fear. You know, I think he's smart, and I think he has some decent ideas. But the thing I kept thinking when they announced these coaches in January 
being as old as I am, is that 10 years ago, they were all fetching coffee for somebody, yeah, including him. You know, I mean, I guess you can be a genius, a young genius, but we haven't seen that, frankly. And when he talked about how amazing it was to see Dak Prescott in person and everything he could do, I was like, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I... Monday night was a very bad step in that regard in terms of him being over his head. And the whole build-up thing, wearing the T-shirt beat Dallas. You know, the coach that I've covered that beat Dallas quite a bit was Chip Kelly, even though he had his shortcomings in other areas. But he always treated that game, you know, that's for the fans. It's one of however many games. It's a divisional game, so it's important, but I don't – you know, if this is the most important game of the season, what about next week's game? You know, which I thought was a very smart way to play it. I think Sirianni had to know he was going into Dallas as an underdog mm-hmm. and to put on the T-shirt and make a big, you know, nobody really thought you were going to win that game. So you're going to make a fool of yourself, I think, you know, pretending like you're going to go in there and kick some ass You can only take that stance if you're really equipped to go in there and kick some ass. Otherwise, it's stupid. (laughs) And I it reeks of uh, it reeks of high school bullshit. You know, like yes, 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 yes. That's our big rival. I'm going to put on a t-shirt saying "Beat our big rival." You Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) no, you know, I. Yeah, that bothers me. It bothers me a lot. All right, so the so the question is, is there anybody in that? One of the nicest people I've ever met, and he's really good in press conferences in explaining things, and I right. hope he well, but God almighty. But doesn't somebody, you know, Jeff Stoutland's the only guy on that coaching staff, I think, that probably has the gravitas or the experience that could pull him to the side and go, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah, but somebody in that organization has to pull him aside and go, Nick, this looks awful. Right. I mean, he right. wore he wore he wore Brandon Graham's number on his hat the other night. I thought Brandon Graham had died. You know, I mean, well, that's okay. I mean, Brandon Graham's out for the season. I get it, but but, but beat Dallas became a very easy. You know, saw that you saw the Cowboys social media account yeah. put up the T shirt with a you know a sarcastic thing on it. You know, I mean. That's my problem. No, honoring players that are injured or something, thats I, I don't have a problem okay. with that at all. Pretty good. But I think the locker room wants to see you do that. But I just, uh, yeah, I, I it looks like there's a lot of growth that needs to take place here. And I sure hope it happens quickly because if it doesn't, he's going to be one and done, you know. And I, if they have a disastrous season, you know, I I thought they'd be a seven eight win team. If they're a four win team again, you can see I them going. Fire Howie Roseman and, and give all those number one picks they have next year to somebody who knows what's going on. You know, could could you see? So you could see a scenario in your mind where that would happen. Yeah, I didn't used to think before Jeffrey got rid of Joe Banner, who was his childhood friend. Yeah, I this very differently, but. Everything has a shelf life. If, if he got to a point where he could, you know, he, he thought, gee, people hate this organization. It's because of the way Joe is perceived. You know, maybe it's time for Joe to go. 
uh, I think, and that was his closest friend in the world, as far as I knew, <laughs> you know, I, I, everything has a limit, you know, Howie Roseman isn't, isn't Julian Lurie, you know, he's not right. really Jeffrey's son. And, uh, there'll come a point where Jeffrey's got to say, you know, I, uh, I don't want to be the laughing stock of the league. Sorry, Howie. And, uh, and, and he moves on, you know, um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but if they were to win three or four games this year and look just dreadful and they had to fire the coach, that's what I would do. Mike. It, Les, one thing before you get into the personal, but it, with the Deshaun Watson thing starting to come up again, and I don't know how this is going to play out, but it seems to me that the two most prominent teams kind of being mentioned are the Dolphins and the Eagles, I guess because of what they can give. I don't know. Yeah. Do you seriously, I think, from what I'm hearing, that the Eagles, yes, it could be. Do you think the Eagles could be seriously interested in him, bringing him here, and, and what would that mean to the city? You know, uh, there's going to be an awful lot of people ain't going to be on board with that. Yeah, I can't imagine, unless this sexual assault thing gets handled in some way that, you know, smooths it over, I can't imagine what way that would be at this point. Uh, if it's proven that he's the victim of some amazing complex plot, which doesn't seem at all feasible to me, or he makes some sort of tearful apology and goes into sex rehab and, and, you know, pledges millions of dollars to women's groups or something, then maybe, but Mm -hmm. to trade for him now, I, nobody's going to do that. This is all, Hype being stirred up by but, agents. But when he does get to the point yeah. where the NFL's dealt with him, you know, and maybe this is in the offseason, I have no idea. But could you see the Eagles getting involved in that? If once it's, 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 you know, once it's ended, however it ends, unless he's in jail, obviously. Only under very specific circumstances okay. that involve a lot of contrition and a lot of attempts to, you know, make things right. Uh, and we haven't seen anything like that, you know, and I, I just, I, I think we're universes away from that ever happening. Frankly, I remember I was here for the Michael Vick thing and people say, well, they signed Michael Vick. They signed Michael Vick after he went to prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he went to Jeff Lurie's house and Jeff Lurie spent hours, you know, making certain that this guy, going to spend the rest of his career talking to groups about what a terrible goddamn thing he'd done. And, you know, you shouldn't ever do this. And, you know, <laughs> that's how they ended up with Michael. Vick. Right, you know, it right. wasn't like, Hey, this guy's pretty good. Come on over. You know, I no. <laughs> and that was also with Andy well into his tenure as yes. opposed to a young coach. Yeah, and as opposed to a GM who could be treading on the line, Andy is much more elastic about stuff like this mm-hmm. than Jeff Lurie is. If you look at some of the guys that Kansas City has had, Tyreek Hill, Frank Clark, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's Andy has a slightly different 
measuring stick than Jeffrey Lurie has there. And, and Andy's not here, you know, I mean, it's, I, I would be just gobsmacked if they did that without some huge resolution of this, that, that gives them some cover of some sort. You covered Andy, you covered chip, you covered Doug, and now you're covering Sirianni. And I saw you tweet it or you text it, Andy, or you tweeted out that you had texted Andy. When did you actually text Andy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm making sure that this wasn't a yeah. joke that I just. No. no. Um, what was it like covering Andy? I mean, very you know, frustrating. Very, very frustrating. You didn't get any sense of him personally. Uh, I know him a lot better since he left. He's much more, you know, once he's not coaching in your city, you can, like, Several years ago at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, you know, you have all these practices all week at this little stadium. And uh, I would, I just went up and sat down next to him one time and we talked for quite a while, you know, about various things, you know. But you couldn't do that when he was the coach of the Eagles. Uh, You know, he had very little, he didn't give you much, he was very closed. Uh, A lot of the things he did, I'd understand better now than I did then. I mean, I think players really respect when you take the heat for them and you don't single them out or, you know, uh, yell at them in public or anything like that. I think that's an important thing in sports today that I don't think fans understand it, but I think players certainly do. Uh, I think he's he was ahead of the curve on that. But, uh, yeah, he was a tough guy to cover. You, you didn't really know what he really thought about stuff mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but I, he's a great – I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the great coaches in the history of the NFL. Who wins for 20 years? He's right. been a coach. He won a Super Bowl. You know, Right. I mean, and, the, and, and the reason I bring this up is because this is likely, likely, going to be his last time coming in here as a head coach. Yeah, you think about every eight years. Oh, right now. By the way, I have my friend Allie yes. with me. You know what I'm that doing. is Allie. <laughs> yes. Say hi, Allie. Yes. Hey. <laughs> but but this uh, is likely his last game in Philadelphia as a head coach. Yeah. yeah. And, and that'll, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. Um, you know, I, I think he's had an incredible career. I mean, he's a guy that he's very organized. He's very uh, – he handles things adroitly. Like, you didn't hear about Jeffrey Lurie meeting with him on Tuesdays to tell him what he should do no. with his team. You know, uh, Andy kind of sets up barriers and, and, you know, looks down the road and, and things like that. He's, he's a smart coach. You know, he's not always great thinking on his feet, but in terms of the overall concepts and the – the way you run a team, I don't think anybody is much better at that than he is. You enjoying retirement? You know, I really am, Kevin. Uh, this thing with AP, being able to get over there once a week, is just about perfect. It keeps me a little bit involved, but not. I'm not really working hard. Uh, I've been able to see my kids uh, who live in different – one lives in Baltimore, one lives in Denver. In fact, I was in Denver last week. Uh did some hiking up in the mountains and uh you know it's uh it's a blessing to to be able to do do that and not have to work somewhere or you know worry about money and things like that uh i'm very very lucky 
uh, I don't feel, you know, maybe I'm just not a real, uh, maybe I'm lazy, but <laughs> I, I don't, you know, get up every day thinking, Oh my God, what am I going to do today? You know, I, I go for a run or I cut the grass or I walk the dog and I'm, I'm pretty darn happy. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, no. Hey, look, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, Les. It's, you know, and there are times when I wish I had a little more to do. And then sometimes I'll do stuff and I'll be like, eh, it was better when I was watching Columbo. So, you know, um, you know, my wife will be, I mean, the winters are harder, I think, because in the summer there's so many more things you can do. That's Um, a good point. I've been through a winter as a retired. But you're, but you got, you know, if you got going down there once a week, that's going to carry you through till you know the January first or whatever. I mean, yeah. And then you'll shovel a few snowfalls, and then it'll be spring. And I'll yeah. t- and I'll tell you, even though mine wasn't voluntary retirement, my best thing is the fact that I could still have a little hand in it, but I'm not doing the, I'm not doing necessarily the Tuesday night in August against like the Reds, you know, yeah. like that type of stuff. Right. So right. Or for me, you know, if the Eagles make a roster move, that's right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have any interest in that kind of work again. Nope. You know, uh, there are things I would kind of like to do, but not that. You know, and that was what I was I was doing. Yeah. So I I don't have any regrets there. Uh, I think I was treated well, and uh, you know, uh, I'm good with. I'm 65. I'll be 66 in February. Uh, I'd like to have some years. You know to to enjoy being with my wife and, and maybe if we have grandkids, that would be cool. Uh, you know, and I don't need to see my name in the paper every day. Uh, there was a time when I did, but right. you know, I've kind of aged out of that now and, uh, having something to do every now and then is, is just fine with me. Hey, Les, grandkids are the best. I'm just, if you, if you're ever <laughs> blessed to have grandkids, they, they will, they'll be the light of your life. But as yeah. I try to explain to my good friend, Joe Giuliano, who is going to be leaving in a couple months, you know, we're at the age now, and he's older than me. I mean, he's older than you. you got to enjoy life. You've worked your yeah. whole life. You've worked 40 years or yeah. so to get to this point. And who knows how much longer we have. We could have a lot of time. That, Maybe I we don't have that. a lot of time. And, yeah. um, you know, just uh, for lack of a better phrase, stop and smell the roses or Go to the shore, go to Baltimore, go to Colorado, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, pet your dog. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot to be said for that, and you've earned that. So, you know. Yeah, I'm really happy. I mean, I, I, I know I'm very privileged to have this life that I have, and I'm very thankful for it. And, you look uh, happy. You do. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, you do. Less not be- everybody, hey, not everybody handles retirement well. Oh, I've I know. Seen, I've seen people that don't. Yeah. And me- it's sad. Yeah. yeah. Les Bowen, formerly the Inquirer and Daily News, now working sometimes with the Associated Press, but always uh, welcome here on this show. Hey, Les, good to see you. Uh, all the best going forward, and we'll we'll touch base, I'm sure, again soon. Boy, I hope so. It's great talking to you guys. I really appreciate that. That's one of the things I miss, you know, is the camaraderie of yep. the press and the, yeah. the press corps. And, you know, it's it's really good getting to do this. Yeah. So all please, I know is that spot you're, you're at looks very comfortable, Les. That's all I know. Uh, yes. Allie, 
Oh, hi. The, the dog is not impressed by this yeah. conversation. <laughs> You'd be surprised what dogs are impressed by, Kevin. That's true. Yeah. So. That's true. She likes Mike. She's thinking, oh, Mike looks like a nice fellow. Yeah. I'll, I'd give her a treat. That's. <laughs> and we'll be back home working the beat right after this. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Les. And our thanks to Les Bowen for joining us. It's time to make our picks for the upcoming weekend. We didn't have a bad weekend last weekend, Michael. Now, in in the pros, I think I went two and three. So I don't remember how like how much I pushed some of these, but I, I had the Rams and I had the Packers. But I think I gave out the Steelers, New England, and Seattle. Hmm. So that wasn't as good. But the colleges were pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I think we both had – did we both have NC State, right? We both yes, we did. That. Yeah, we did. Uh, we both liked LSU. Um, and I, I gave out Baylor, Arkansas. And I think I gave out one other my, – well, my friend, my Toledo, my guy in the Mac, the Toledo thing didn't work <laughs> out. guy in the Mac. I ask him every week. I, I say, what do you I know. I know. You know, I what the hell do I know? You're the only guy in Philadelphia I know that has, can honestly say he has a guy in the Mac. I, I'm going to tell you right now, if I was smart and I really cared, that's what you do if you're a better. You follow the Mac. I mean, you study the Mac like you'd be studying for a calculus final. And maybe another league. Maybe you pick out Conference USA or you pick out pick a league. Don't try to beat the SEC. Don't try to beat the Big Ten because people know those. They, they, you know, those lines, you can usually find one messed up line a week or so if you look hard enough. When I covered, when Temple was in the MAC, I could figure that out a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's a matter of finding that because it, it might not be the game between the two good teams, it might be the game between the two bad teams. But um, that's where I think you can really make a, you know, not try to try to follow 130 teams. Try to follow 30. Right. By the way, thank you for filibustering there while I was trying to find my phone. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, I actually appreciate it. I, I was trying to find it and I couldn't. And, um, you know, it just didn't. It didn't. Yeah, I just found it. So, all right. And by the way, I say this a lot, but Les Bowen's one of the really yes, I mean, he is. good guys. Damo. I feel the same way about Damo. I mean, most of the guys I worked with, they were really good guys. And I think sometimes we took them for granted because I know Les had the reputation. You know, he speaks, you know, he speaks with his Carolina draw and all. Man, Les knows his crap. Yes, he does. And, and you know, um, and I'm happy that he's happy, but I'm also happy that he's getting that, you know, one shot a week to go down there and be Les. Yes. All right. College football. Uh, you, What do you have? Uh, I don't like a lot this week, Kevin. And I think it's a str- like- it's a it's a good game week, but I'm not sure it's a good uh, betting it's a week. Very good game week, yeah. but I don't. I, I'm just going to tell you, my my Toledo guy mm-hmm. says that lay the 27 against UMass. UMass is bad. I mean, they're they're legit. They're one of the worst five teams in the country with Akron. And how about Vandy's giving UConn 14? Yeah. Do you know how bad Vandy is? Yeah, I know. But UConn's worse. UConn's so worse. Um, I, I mean, so I so I throw that out of it, but the, I'm not excited like about anything to be honest with you. And I, I, I just, I can see this going bad, you know, like, like I looked, I'll give you for instance, 
I looked at Iowa Merlin. I was given three. I know Merlin's unbeaten, mm-hmm. and games at Merlin, and it's a night game, so I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. But doesn't Iowa look like the play there? I would think so. And this that's is the a time Friday. Of year. That's a Friday night game, by the way. Right, and I remember when I covered college football, and you, this is the time of year, or maybe even in the, where a lot of unbeaten teams start losing because that you know you're only going to finish with one unbeaten or a couple of unbeaten's or whatever. And so you know, I I, I try to stay leery of that because there are going to be upsets, but. Um, and another one that I kind of fit into that category, Arkansas is getting 18 at Georgia. Right. I know I know Georgia's really good. They might be the second best team in the country. And Arkansas has had some really good wins this year. But don't you kind of have to take Arkansas on the 18 if you were going to play the game? Except that Georgia's defense is so good. They've only allowed five I, points a game. I know, but, yeah, and that's why I wouldn't play. Like, all these games I'm giving you, I'm not, like, really excited about anything. Maybe there's one or two. But I'm just saying, it's that's the kind of week it is to me. Okay. You know, where I'm, I'm looking at games, and I'm like, yeah. Okay, so you're basically punting on this week. I might give you one or two. I'm going to throw a few out there and just. Right. Um, okay, then. Good. Give me one. Give me one of yours. <laughs> I'm going to take, and this is against my better judgment. I'm believing in Jim Harbaugh, and I'm going to take Michigan. Getting, you know, I was looking at that game. Getting and two and a half at Wisconsin. Yeah. Now, I was looking at the side you're looking at. Okay. Let me point out. Scared. Let me I'm let me scared. let me point out the <laughs> ugly facts. Okay. Michigan has lost five straight at Camp Randall, dating back to 2001. And whiskey got blown out last. Hold week. on, hold on. Under Harbaugh, as an underdog. Michigan is 0 and 11. Out. Wait a minute. You're telling me he's only been an underdog 11 times? At Michigan, as wow. an underdog, 0 okay. and 11. Yeah. So why would you even think about playing that game after the last two things you just gave me? Because I saw Wisconsin in, uh, uh, not uh, not in person, but pretty damn closely last week. Well, and, you got to throw that game out. And Grant, oh, Grant Mertz stinks. <laughs> okay. okay. But I'm just saying. See, that's where I one Grammer Wisconsin's quarterback. One touchdown, six I interceptions. I know. Let's go, Wolves. Hey, I, I hey look, I, I look I look at that side of the game, but I know me. I'm going I, against my I, better I judgment, see, but I yeah. See Wisconsin Wisconsin lost by thirty last week, you know, and look whatever. I mean the game got out of hand late. And but I could just see them going back to Camp Randall. You know, for all the reasons that you try to explain with me with the audio, I, I see to me, I stay away. I just, I, I run, I run and hide. And that's the way I feel about most of this week. Okay. I'm going to take me another, give me another one of yours. I'm going to take Notre Dame getting one and a, getting one and a half. Yeah. Okay. Getting one and a half at home. They've won 28 in a row at home. I didn't realize that, but I looked at, I, I looked at that. That's the side of the game. If I was good, you know, you put a gun to my head. You, you you do understand this is the most important game of Cincinnati's ever played. I also understand that Luke Fickle against top twenty five teams at Cincinnati four and eight. Okay, because he's usually not the best team. No, but that also includes his time with. I mean, that includes his. You know, when they've played like conference opponents that were top twenty five too. Is, what I'm saying is. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to yeah, think. No, I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you, but I'm. And, just and this to may say. be, and this may be the hopeful fan as opposed to like the the clear-eyed analyst. No, when I saw Notre Dame was getting a point and a half at home, I thought the same thing you did. But I I'm also, like, but I also think Notre Dame's starting to round in the form here a little bit. Yeah, I thought their defense they, played pretty well last week. I think their defense has played really well actually the last two weeks. Well, I'm going to make a bold prediction: the winner of this game is in the playoff. I was going to go that far, but I'm, I'm going to say we'll be in we'll, we'll be in the conversation as we go, go in November. Because Cincinnati, if they win this game, I mm-hmm. haven't looked at their whole schedule, probably has a good chance of finishing 13 0. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah. If they go 13 0, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no doubt. If Notre Dame wins this game, I think Notre Dame has a good chance of maybe running the table. You know, North Carolina has lost twice now. North Carolina has not looked like U- everybody U- thought North Carolina. USC in terminal in turmoil. Stanford is not, you know, Stanford's good, but Stanford isn't. I mean, tell me a game on Notre Dame schedule that you look at and go, wow, I don't, that's good. Honestly, I don't like them at Virginia Tech next week. That's fine, but they're still going to be favored by a probably. Touchdown. Yeah. So I'm just saying, the winner of this game, this is a this is probably Notre Dame's. I'm not saying they're going to run the table, but I'm saying if they win this game, they're going to be favored in all the rest of their games. Final game for me, okay? Yo. Uh, I will take Penn State. I will lay 13 against Indiana. Revenge game. I was game. looking at that side of the game, too. Revenge game, night game in Happy Valley. Yeah. I'm not sure how good Indiana I don't is. think Indiana – Michael Penix has not been close to the same quarterback he was last year. Before the season started, I, and I probably brought this up at one. Iowa State, North Carolina, and Indiana were all ranked pretty high. There was expectation. Yeah. All of those teams have two losses. Yeah. Now, I'm not – I mean, some teams can't handle that. No. You know, and uh, I would go with the Penn State side of the game, too. So, you, you got you got no chance because I like your – You like all three. Yeah. Well, by the, by the way, the bonus would, one – I'm not saying I would play them. I'm saying I like those sides of the games. You know, like I said, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna thrilled. I'm gonna throw a bonus one out there too. I'll take Ball State at home, laying nine and a half, or getting nine and a half over Army. I know Army is one of the best yeah, stories. I, know, I was looking at that game too, Kevin. What is Army that good? Army is pretty good, but okay. I don't think Army's good enough to be laying almost double digits on the road. Well, well you know to why a decent that is? team to a Matt. You know, but yeah. you know why that is. Because Toledo went to Ball State last week and won like twenty-two to six. I get it. That no, I'm just saying. But that's no, why actually, that Ball State right was at Toledo last week. But go ahead. That game was at Toledo. That game was at Toledo, I believe. Uh, I mean, you might be right. My my my, my cousin's uh, daughter goes to Ball State, okay. and she was no, home. But last I looked weekend. at the Ball State side of the game too. I just don't know enough about either team. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple at you. Go. And this one, I actually think I do like. Mm-hmm. LSU's given three and a half to Auburn. LSU, the the, the under or the um, LSU is like fourteen six and one covering in this in this game. Auburn beat them last year forty to like fifteen. Right, it was the worst loss LSU has had since like nineteen ninety six. I'm not sure how good LSU is. I don't know. I'm not sure how good Auburn is. But that's going to be a Saturday night in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I agree with I'll you. I'll take on that. my shot with the LSU's. Uh, and I'm not saying they're going to win by 30, 
But three and a half just looks sad. Ah, whatever. Now I'm going to throw these two at you, and I'm not thrilled with either of these two, but mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what you think. Rutgers is getting 14 and a half at home from Ohio State. By the way, I like and, Rutgers. I thought they played really well last week so against Michigan. Greg Schiano, I'm telling you what, Greg Schiano might not be. I, I'm not the biggest Greg Schiano fan going. He's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, he is. And, and again, it's Ohio State, so, you know, reality could set in. Ohio State could, you know, do what Ohio State does. But Ohio State has been struggling a little bit. And then the other one was, and we had this one last week, but I don't know how you feel about coming back. BC is getting 14 and a half against Clemson. And I know their quarterback didn't play last week, which is why I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, whatever. But Cle- I don't think Clemson's real good. I'll be and honest. I saw, Boston, Clemson- I saw Boston College a couple of weeks ago. They're not bad. Yeah, and maybe Clemson comes out. and you know, Maybe it's time for Clemson and Ohio State. And Clemson's home. Ohio State's on the road. And, you know. Now, now the, one I- thing, the one thing to remember is uh, uh, BC is on, I believe, their second quarterback. Yeah, and, and see, that's why I would – because last week when they beat Temple, uh, or was it two weeks ago? When two, they beat weeks, Temple, you two weeks ago. You got the game you were Yeah, two yeah, weeks they ago. Only ran, they only threw the ball like 10 times, and you probably can't beat Clemson. Point thirty four like yards, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so forget forget that. I'm just saying, but I mean, I just we, we, did a, we had Clemson last week, which I thought – I mean, uh, North Carolina Wait, State, State last week, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos at home. Lane one over Baltimore. Uncertainty about Lamar Jackson's status at this point. Yeah. Um, you do realize that Denver's beating three teams that don't have a win yet. I understand, but I also okay. I also think I think Denver at home. You know, it, it it's just one of those things that, yeah. Are they? Do I think they're a bit fraudulent as far as like being a legitimate contender? Yeah, I do. I, I I'm not. Yeah, but you got them going four and zero by beating a team that is a legitimate contender. Yeah, but if I'm not, if a team that also has major injury issues and now may oh, have no. their starting quarterback out, I hear you. But and if they win this week, then I think the Broncos have to be taken a little bit more seriously. I think so too. By the way, they will beat the Eagles. And and didn't the um, uh, that's still five weeks away. It's a long way away. A lot of stuff can happen. Don't start telling me what the Eagles are going to do in November. I please the um, isn't isn't Baltimore also coming off that huge win. Well, over, they, didn't they beat Kansas City last two week? weeks ago? Who they beat last week? Um, I was in a car and I don't. No, I'm just trying. I'm trying to remember because they had this. I'm sorry, I should know this, but um, okay. Uh, what, what all right, give me give me one of your picks. Well, this one you tell me. Uh, I like the Washingtonians giving a point and a half at Atlanta. I can't believe Washington's this bad. Maybe they are. I don't think Atlanta's much. I think this is a Ron Rivera game. And I don't know what the hell that means, except, and probably my best judgment would be say stay away because it's two bad teams. Right. I think it's two bad teams. But I'm just curious. And the other one. By, by the way, the, the Ravens last week beat the Lions on that 66 yard field. That's right. Goal. They should have lost. They should have lost. Yeah, they, okay. Um, I'm going to I'm going to play a couple teasers. Because I and, and you, you can take these any way you want. I'm going to give you five teams. You, you mix and match what you want because one of them is going to lose. I, I would tease the Kansas City's down to a point. Mm-hmm. They are the Kansas City's. I, I, they might not cover. I don't know. What's it? They are not going to lose to the Eagles. I, I, I mean, it, I I know there's upsets happen every week, especially when teams are on the road. Uh, I also feel the Saints are playing their first home game. 
They, you can tease that down to one and a half against the Giants. I think the Giants stink. But, again, that's me. You could tease Tennessee down to a win against the Jets. I think the Jets are the worst team. Well, I won't say the worst team in football because Jacksonville is Jacksonville and Houston are 1-1A, one one but go ahead. Yeah, but Houston's won a game, yeah, right? Against Jacksonville. I mean, the Jets, the Jets are a dumpster fire. I mean, they are, and they're playing a rookie quarterback who's getting his ass kicked. Also, I think the Green Bays, you could tease them down to a win over the Steelers. I think the Steelers are fried. I, I just yeah, think I do too. And, and Green Bay, I like Green Bay. I think um, whatever. And also, the Bucks in New England. Dude, Tom Brady ain't losing that game. You could tease them down to a win. So you can, you can mix and match however you want. Um, I guess, how about a KC Bucks? A KC Bucks teaser. Because that way you'd have the two Super Bowl teams beating the Eagles and the, and the New Englands. And then you take the Tennessees and the Green Bays. How about that? That that sounds fine. Uh, yeah. Could you see? Could you imagine if Bill Belichick beats Tom? Oh well, yeah, it's ain't happening. It ain't happening. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take. You know, you're right. It's not a great week. I'll take the Packers. It's not a great week. I'll take the Packers. I'll lay the. You're gonna six. lay. You're gonna lay the six and a half. Yeah, because Pittsburgh stinks. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is a shot fighter. He really I is. I respect what Pittsburgh is, and Green Bay's defense ain't great. So maybe they don't put a lot of pressure on Ben. Yeah, that's the one way I can see Pittsburgh being in this game is if Ben gets time. Um, But, I mean, look, Green, the, the, look, the three best teams in the NFC probably are Tampa, Green Bay, and the Rams. Um, I mean, I'm guessing. You know, there's some other good teams. Arizona's pretty good. Um, you know, there's some other good. Maybe Dallas fits into that somewhere. But um, I'll yeah, take Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Did you hear the rumor today? Yeah, about, about this. One? About I heard Rogers to the Steelers. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, ask the question. You're Rogers. Why would you want to go to Steelers? That's a good question. I, I, Their line is brutal. Uh, I sounded like Jolly there. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> um, the pan- okay. I'll take the Cowboys late a four and a half against the Panthers. Uh, I, you know what, Kevin? I hate to mush you again, but I was looking at that one. I just don't want to get too carried away with the Cowboys, but I think, and I love Matt I Rule. I think they're pretty I, good. I really I do. I think they're good, and I, but I think Carolina, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. And then Carolina will be getting like, do I think do, do I think they're as good as Frisco or Green Bay? Or, oh, I think they might be. I think they might be as good as Frisco. Okay, do I think they're as good as the Rams? The Rams are probably the clear-cut favorite uh, right now in the NFC. Do I think I they're as good? Probably yeah. not. They're not as good as the Rams, the Bucs, or the I think. See, the Bucs I'm worried about with their defense. Well, but they got Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean. I get it. And yeah, would I take Tom Brady over Dak Prescott in a game like that? Yeah, I would. But I, I, I'm just telling you, I think everybody no, here likes – Everybody here likes – to downplay. Oh, no, everybody here likes to downplay Dallas when they're decent. Dallas is No, we downplay Dallas because they haven't done a goddamn thing in 25 I, years. I Kevin. get it, but th- there is talent there. And and the world jumps on Dallas. You know, like Greenberg now is like, you know, has them like, you know, winning the next five Super Bowls. I mean, I get it. I think they're a good team. I I, I just but at some point and, and they have they have the easiest path to right. the playoffs. Because uh, all they gotta do is win the NL East. I mean, it's well, like, 
finally, and I can't believe I'm taking this bet or this one. Go for it. I'm going to take the Lions. I'll get two and a half from the Bears. The Bears are yeah, I'm going to mush you again. I, I was actually thinking. See, my rule of thumb is when two bad, and that's why I like the Washington Atlanta play for, yeah, forget it. I, I, when two bad teams are playing, you're basically flipping a coin. I don't care how, you know, so you're flipping a coin. You're, yeah. you're just saying, okay, Chicago stinks. But the flip side is the Lions stink. So, but if you, showed if, a lot of, they've shown a lot of grit. I, and, I and, and here's the question on that game. Do the Bears want to play for Matt Nagy? Because of the well, Bears, because if the Bears lose that game and their offense is floundered again, Matt Nagy's gone. Yeah, but Kevin, you fire everybody. No, I, I'll make you, I'll make you a bet any amount of money you want that if Matt Nagy loses this week, he's still the coach on Monday. Okay, you name the price, you write it, you fire guys, Kevin. I'm yeah, not the only one who's thinking this. It's been a big Kevin, story nationally I'll all week. You a bet. I'll make you a bet. You tell me what you want to bet. Dinner. The well, I'll buy. I'll buy. You, I'll buy. You, I'll buy a Rouse one night. Whatever. He'll be the. He'll be the coach on Monday. He may not be the coach in December. He I'll, may not. Let, be let's go Wednesday. Week. Let's make sure it's Wednesday. Well, or no, something. he won't coach next week. Okay. He won't coach next week. That's all. Because. And he, this he is a court. This is a course. If they lose the game on Sunday. Yeah, but because you, you, you as an organization, you just look stupid. You, you can't. And I, I know he's dead man walking look, right now. Anyway. I, I, that's fine, Kevin, but you're fine. This is like when you Mike. fired Brett Brown after a game. And I sat there and said, Kevin, listen to what you just said. Mike. Kevin. He has, hold on, give me a second. He has mangled quarter, two quarterback prospects already. I'm not saying he hasn't. And I'm not he's saying- working on a third. And I think if you're the Bears, you're going to probably put the stops on this one as quickly nope. as possible. This, you, there's no stops on this. The stops are already gone. The season is you, – you, you, you go back in the NFL. It's not about wins back. and losses. It's about Kevin, Justin Fields' development, NFL. Mike. Okay, go back in the NFL, Kevin, and tell me how many coaches were fired after the fourth game. I'll bet you – I'll bet you the answer is zero. There's been a okay? couple. Okay, so there's been one or two. Uh, Bill O'Brien got fired after week three last year. Okay. I don't think it was week three. Week three or week four. Late. I think it was later than that. Okay. But that's fine. If you think he's going to get fired and Greenberg thinks he's going to get fired and Wagyu thinks he's going to get fired, fine. I'm just telling Swagoo, you. Swagoo, by the way. It's Swag- not Ragu. Do I know? Ragu is a spaghetti sauce, man. Do I think he's done? Probably, unless somehow they turn it around and Justin Fields, which isn't going to happen. I agree with you. But I'm just telling you, he will coach the team next week. Now, if the Lions go to Soldier Field win 50-3, to okay, then you may win. But that ain't going to happen. So whatever. By the way, speaking that's okay. of, speaking of Soldier Field, and yeah, you saw. Did you see that story? Yeah, they're going to go to Arlington Park. Yeah, it was funny because I passed my my cousin lives in Arlington Heights, and one a lot of people out there don't want a stadium, and two was Saturday night was the finale at at Arlington Park. It was the last horse racing there. Yeah. There was this big fireworks display as you drive into the hotel. It was very nice, yeah. and now it's going to be. Maybe the home of the Bears. What team, that's what every team does. And it, apparently, the Bill. What, what story was I reading today? And the I Bill, wasn't this, well, the Bills are looking at a new stadium too. No, no, but there's a team that's get, that's going to get sold. Uh, the New Orleans owner is basically t- 
they're trying to do something where they're going to keep the team in New Orleans, right? Much like the Bills did when Ralph Wilson sold like seven years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. But look, everybody wants a new stadium. I mean, that's and everybody gets one. They they, they all get one. Uh, it's just a matter, you know. That's why the A's are going to leave Oakland because mm-hmm. they're not going to give them a stadium, so that's they're going to end up in Las Vegas, probably. That's I why. Guess. The, that's why the Rays are going to end up leaving um, Tampa at some point. Here. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So we're done our picks. Um, I don't think I made any picks this week. Yeah, you did. Well, you. I made a couple. Yeah, but I mean, I I just think it's there's a lot of good games in the colleges. I just don't think they're good betting games, but. So that's part one of our podcast. Part two will deal with Ben Simmons slash Joel Embiid uh, a little bit. And Embiid's comments on Simmons that took place on Thursday after Sixer practice. And we'll pour one out for the 2021 Phillies. Why? I don't know. Better be hard liquor at that point. So if you can, if you would, if you would be so kind, if you would please turn over and listen to part two of that podcast. Our thanks to Les Bowen for joining us on part one. We'll see you in part two. And thanks again for listening to Working the In the morning.